Candace Long with Lessons in the Latter Days, giving you biblical commentary to try to make sense of the times that we're living in. Today I want to talk about an elephant that's been in the room for over a year. It's the question we should be discussing openly. Where is God in this pandemic? Today's topic is God's purposes for pestilence. I believe God is speaking loud and clear. Today, I'm going to lay out for you five of the purposes that God has for pestilence, followed by five actions that we should take during this ordeal. From a biblical point of view, pestilence is nothing new to God. And just so you understand, what we know as coronavirus or COVID-19 is a pestilence. So let me say it again, pestilence is nothing new to God. It served specific purposes throughout biblical history, and I want to show you why I believe God is using it for the same purposes today. Did you know that the scriptures contain 169 references to pestilences and plagues? Especially relevant is that Jesus said that pestilence is one of the signs that we are nearing the time period known as the kingdom of God, when Messiah physically overthrows every kingdom of the world who oppose him and rules on the earth for a thousand years. Jesus told his disciples, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and pestilences. We read that in Luke 21. Now, the Hebrew word for pestilence is deber, which means to destroy. Moses tells us in Deuteronomy that God tests us throughout life so that we will learn that man does not live by bread alone, but by everything that proceeds out of God's mouth. With pestilence, however, what's coming out of God's mouth is not life. Rather, it is a verbal appointment of destruction. Whenever a pestilence occurs in any nation, it should be a huge warning sign that makes us stop what we're doing and humble ourselves in proper fear and reverence of the Lord. Are we doing that now? No. The fact that COVID-19 is worldwide is a somber and serious matter indeed. There is an appointment of death being released over the entire world, and the topic of conversation is what? Masks, social distancing, and vaccines. It is not fear of the Lord and what He is saying. Now, some of you might believe that COVID was manufactured in a biomedical facility in Wuhan, China, as some form of bioterrorism to destroy our country in preparation for China emerging as the primary kingdom of the world. Now, we're not going to try to prove or disprove that statement. Today's question is that even if that were true, where would God be in all of this? This issue now gets more complex because it's hard for us to hear that God may be so angry with us that he has turned us over to a godless kingdom. 
But isn't that what Jesus was talking about with his disciples? That kingdoms would be fighting for control of the world and use all kinds of evil, even creating a deadly virus in a laboratory to gain that control? And worse, to even say out loud that God stood by and watched it unfold? Some people say, what kind of God do we serve? I want to give you five biblical principles that explain why God brings plagues on the earth. And make no mistake, God either brought COVID to this country or he allowed it. In other words, somehow a plague or disease fits into his overall plan for us. I I know that doesn't sound right, but I'm telling it like it is. Let's look at the biblical principles and then bring them all together, try to make sense of what they are saying. Because the Father wants us to know what he's doing and why. And it does not mean that he has stopped loving us. I'm going to read a few verses from the Bible to illustrate these five principles, and these are just a few of them. In Exodus 5, Moses and Aaron are meeting with Pharaoh, and they said, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should heed his voice and let Israel go? And then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go a three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with a sword. This illustrates principle number one. Pestilence can be a divine consequence of disobedience. As I underscore these principles one by one, we need to ask ourselves, is what we are suffering with a half a million deaths now in this country alone a consequence of our disobedience? And if so, what did we do wrong? This is a question that should be discussed around every family's dinner table, because what this principle is saying is that something we have done as a nation— as a family, as a people, has been so outside of what God planned for us that it opened a door to destruction. Principles 2 and 3 are found in Exodus 9. The Lord is talking to Moses, and he said, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Now, let me say here that God is singling out a people that he calls his. His promises of protection were not given to all the people. Rather, they were given to his people. So God's words were for Pharaoh, saying, Let my people go that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues upon your heart, meaning Pharaoh and upon your servants and your people, meaning Egypt, which was a godless nation, so that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. For by now I could have put forth my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, and you would have been cut off from the earth. Now I see two principles at work here in this one passage. Principle number two, God has absolute power over pestilences and plagues. 
That means that whatever is released in our country or city or our family, God is conveying some sort of message through it because he ultimately has power over it. We just have to come before him and earnestly say, Lord, what are you saying to us? Have we angered you in some way? Have we opened a door to destruction that we are not aware of? These questions are the beginning of a heart of repentance, which God loves. So principle number three is that plagues can be used against a people group that are keeping God's people from getting to where they need to be to be in his overall plan. In the case of Egypt, Pestilences were a punishment released upon an entire nation because they were keeping the Hebrews from the divine call that God had for them as his children. In other words, they needed to move geographically. Their destined place was not in Egypt. It was in a whole other geographic area, a land of promise where Almighty God would keep them safe to raise their families and be cared for with everything they need. Now let me ask you, could it be that God is allowing your area to be under attack with COVID because God wants to direct your attention to somewhere else geographically that he's calling you to? This principle has been one that has impacted my own life. Because several years ago, the Lord directed me to relocate to a more secluded area away from a big city because of some bad things that were coming to our country. At the time, I didn't know exactly what, but I thank God every day that I heard His voice, that inner leading, to move and relocate, and am thankful to be away from the horrors that many of our big cities are in. You see, this brings up a major understanding in Scripture. Jesus said, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the Spirit of truth comes, which is the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all the truth and will declare to you the things that are to come. We find that in John 16. That promise is very real and is one of many promises that we have when we give our lives to Jesus. He promises that when we stay close to him, that he will prepare us for the things to come. So, if somehow you are concluding that God has turned against you and he's out to get you and cannot be trusted anymore, then you have lost touch with what the scriptures teach us about a Messiah who gave his life to save ours. Leviticus 26 is loaded with promises of both blessings and curses, and this teaching is foundational. These teachings did not go away when Jesus came. Remember, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish or do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. So God basically told his people, and I'm paraphrasing a little here. He said, if you walk in my ways and observe all that I set up and established as precepts, instructions, rules, and governing laws to protect my people, I will give you your rains in their season, and the land shall yield its increase. I will give you peace in the land, and no one shall make you afraid. I will be your God, and you will be my people. 
That's what God wants for us, and this was and is the governing principle of living under the very visible hand of God. But we must also hear what he promised to do if we do not walk according to the ways of the Lord. He promised curses, diseases, plagues, terrors, anxiety, fear, and oppression. And that's everything we are experiencing right now. He goes further to say that if in spite of these bad things happening, you do not repent and turn back to God, he said, I will punish you again sevenfold for your sins. In other words, things are going to get worse. He said, I will bring a sword upon you. And if you gather within your cities, I will send pestilence among you and you shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. And if that sounds awful to you, it is. God promises to discipline those he loves who are walking contrary to him in order to turn them back to him. For with him and only him there is safety. So principle number four is pestilence is God's hand of discipline, punishing people for their sins for the objective of bringing about true repentance. Now, some of you may be asking, wait a minute, are you saying that the people who have died through COVID were all disobedient and are being punished by God? No, I'm not saying that at all. There are many godly people who have died from this disease. But what I know about God after 50 years of walking with him is that if someone you know walked with God and died from the virus, the Lord was with them and faithful to them through whatever valley of the shadow of death they had to go through. We have to have the whole counsel of God. The wisdom is this. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Neither death, nor things present, nor things to come will be able to separate you from the love of God in Jesus our Lord. Now, the wisdom is also to be watchful. If we are living in a godless area where doors have been opened to destruction and death because of consistent evil going on, where there is a clear evidence that the culture is walking in a way that endangers that area. Let me give you a very real example of how we can endanger our lives if we are living in an area where God is targeting his discipline. I want to talk about how hard New York State and Washington State were hit with COVID. They were the first two gateways to the pandemic coming to America. And there is a reason why. In a new book by Rabbi Jonathan Kahn called The Harbinger to the Return, the rabbi gives incredible insight on how we as a nation opened the doors to our own destruction. There is an important Jewish festival called the Year of Jubilee that occurs every 50 years. It is a year when whatever was lost is restored to its original owner. It is a year in God's eyes that marks a time of restoration and restitution, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. For instance, What happens to a generation or a nation that has taken life, life that belonged to another, life that belonged to God? In God's nature of restitution or justice, life would be taken from that generation or that nation. 
Did you know that America first legalized abortion on demand in 1970? Now, the Jubilee comes every 50 years. What's 50 years from then? It is 2020. 2020 was the Jubilee year of abortion in America. And what city is the nation's abortion capital? New York City. So 50 years later, the wrath of the plague fell on New York City in the same place which passed the law to legalize the killing of the unborn, the New York State Capitol building. Now, if you look even more closely, Rabbi Kahn explains that COVID reached its peak in April of 2020, which was the same month when New York legalized the killing of the unborn 50 years earlier. Now, I'm telling you this story because plagues do not come upon a people or a nation without reason. When you learn God's language and you have a biblical perspective, you learn to look deeper. You begin to ask, why, Lord, are you releasing this plague? What are you saying? Thousands of innocent people may have died in New York City, but very few, probably, stopped to ask God why he was angry and releasing destruction. One of the things that hurts God the most is the taking of innocent life. He destroyed his own nation of Israel because the people were sacrificing their children. Where are we looking for answers? Dr. Fauci? We should be calling for our intercessors and ministers to bring God's perspective to the situation and lead us in serious confession and repentance for our sins, pleading with God for mercy. Someone asked Rabbi Khan, was there anything significant that happened in New York just before the plague came upon the world? Anything that happened in the preceding year, 2019? Yes. The New York legislature passed a law which legalized the killing of children up to the point of birth. And if that were not bad enough, when the law passed, there was great joy and celebration in the state capitol. Now, infanticide, which is what this is, is an ancient biblical sin that was met in the same way that we are experiencing with God's wrath. First aimed at the two states that led the way, New York and Washington State. God is speaking loud and clear in the pandemic if we have ears to hear. He does not strike a nation unless that nation has opened the door to its own destruction. The final passage we'll look at today is Deuteronomy 28. This whole chapter is very significant. The scene is that Moses and all the people were standing on the edge of the promised land, getting ready to go in. And this is a tavnit, or a picture, a replica of going into the kingdom. But during this final sermon by Moses, God appointed two mountains. Mount Gerasim represents the blessings that God promised for the people who were true to him. And he appointed Mount Ebal, which represented the curse everything that would happen to his people if they wandered away from God and refused to follow his ways. Now, chapters 27 and 28 in Deuteronomy are very specific and lists 
the individual curses that God himself will bring upon the people as a result of their rebellion and disobedience. I'm going to quote this. God will send upon you curses, confusion, and frustration in all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your doings because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence cleave to you until he has consumed you off the land which you are entering to take possession of it. The Lord will smite you or strike you down with consumption and with fever, inflammation, and fiery heat. Unquote. So principle number five, the final one we're looking at today, is pestilence is one of the curses that God said would come upon a people group for their disobedience. Now what all this does for me and to many others who try to stay close to God is to pray that God will use this time to get our attention as a people, to bring about a deep, gut-wrenching time of soul-searching before God, turning back to Him and seeking mercy and forgiveness for our sins. We'll be discussing ways to get serious about repentance in future episodes, but before we close, I want to suggest five things that we can do now in light of today's understanding of why God brings disease to a nation. Number one, this is a time when he's separating the wheat from the chaff, and he's binding people together in their ideologies. It matters to him what we believe, how we vote, what things in society we support and stand up for, and what things we compromise and be quiet about. Number two, those of us who are God-fearing should stand in the gap for our family lines, confessing the sins of our forefathers who may or may not have followed the Lord, to be willing to be a repairer of the breach and say to your children, this is what I stand for. I choose to follow the Lord. That may make you unpopular at some of the family gatherings, but God wants to know who is with him. Number three, trust and say it out loud that God will personally care for his own in supernatural ways. Don't go putting yourself in dangerous areas of obvious outbreak. Pray Psalm 91 over yourself and your family every day. Number four, protect your home from defilement. Guarding the atmosphere and being watchful, who comes into your space? This has never been more important. And number five, ask God to show you your place living in a godless society that is under divine judgment and be busy doing what he's called you to do. Honor with reverence what God is doing in our country. Walk cautiously and stay close to him because he is our protector and our refuge in times of trouble. My calling is to help you fulfill your divine calling and destiny in these end times. No matter how dark the world gets and how much the Lord brings upon us to turn us back to him, Remember that He will always care for those who choose 
to dwell under the shadow of his wings and the shelter of the Almighty. I'm Candace Long, and I want to thank you for sharing this time with me. If you'd like to know more, I invite you to subscribe to my website at CandiceLong.com. When you do subscribe, I'll send you links to my books, my articles, online courses, and individual webinars that will help you understand the signs of these times and how to find what God would have you do while it's all unfolding. To listen to more of my teaching, go anytime to CandiceLong.com slash podcasts. If you'd like to make a donation and help support this ministry, you'll find a donate button in the description notes to any episode. I hope you join me again for lessons in the latter days. God bless.